All right. That's enough talking. Just kidding. Uh, I'm glad you guys are connecting. And again, that's why we want to invite you to community lunch so we can continue to build these relationships and get to know each other better. Uh, this is an awesome community to be a part of. And um, yeah, I, I love getting to share about things that I'm passionate about. And so last week, um, Evan kind of introed us into First John, and that's, that's where we're going to be for the next couple months. And he gave us a, a history lesson and an English lesson all in one. If you were here last week, uh, he was talking about like the way that sentences are, are structured, and he's talking like conjunctions and verbs and all this stuff that I forgot a long time ago. Um, and, he, and he told us how uh, that's, that's, that's kind of how God, you know, has wired him, and he kind of, he said he nerds out on the Bible that way. Well, I'm, I'm definitely wired a little bit different, um, and the things that I like about the Bible are reoccurring themes, so things that keep coming up in the Bible, and also things that I really get on a personal level, you know, experiences and, and things that I can really relate to, so today we're going to be uh, finishing First John 1 and going into chapter 2, and we're talking about a theme of, of darkness and light. So this is, a, this is a, a theme that we all get. Um, it's all through the Bible. The very first ba- page of the Bible, it's brought up when God created uh, the heavens and the earth, and we kind of touched on that last week, and then it's through the Gospels. It's, all, it's weaved all through the Bible, even to the very last book, Revelation, almost the last chapter, talked about at some point there will not even be a light. There will just be God himself to illuminate. And so um, this theme is really good and powerful. And like I said, I, I like it and I'm drawn to um, passages and scriptures about light and darkness because of my own life and things that I've experienced. I've had these times in my life where I was in a very dark place. I've experienced darkness. And then I've had these times in my life where I've experienced God's goodness and his love and his light. And so this contrast is something that I think we all get, we all struggle with, and it's something that, um, yeah, it just, we, we understand it at our very core. So what I want to do is, is kind of paint a picture to start, and I want to I throw out some words that represent light and darkness throughout the Bible and maybe even in your own life, all right? So this is a time where you can, you can say one word. Um, and let's start with light. What are some things that are associated with light? Warmth. What was that? Bright. Truth. Keep them coming. Good. Goodness. Yeah. Clarity. Oh, that's a good one. Serenity. That's a good one, too. I didn't think of that one. Sight. Yeah, so this is cool because you guys are you guys are bringing up things I didn't think about. Some of the ones that I brought or came to my mind. Um, I mean, we have heaven and we have purity and truth and goodness, like you like we said. But how about safety? How about security? There's actually something we put on the side of our house. It's called a a security light, right? A safety light. It comes on to illuminate and make things bright so we can see them. So we all we all get what light represents in the Bible, right? So let's, let's go to the other side. Let's talk about darkness. What, is, what does darkness represent? Unknowing. That's good. Void of light. So yeah, absence of it. Complete opposite. Hidden. Fear. Yeah, I heard fear. It's a big one. 
Evil, yeah, we have good, we have evil. Deception, keep them coming, a couple more. Turbulent, yeah, I like that one. Bad, there's a, the kids these days use a, a term called shady, <laughs> right? What does it mean when, when kids use this word shady? Sketchy, right? Like, uh, kind of like not good. If somebody's shady, like you, you don't want to hang with them. Um, how about uh, danger, alone, isolation, um, sin? So you guys get where I'm going, right? We have this, we have this contrast. We have, we have all this goodness and light and, and all that we talked about. And then on this side, we have darkness and sin and evil and danger and all this, right? Um, so we understand this tension in our own lives. Um, kids understand this at a very early age. We don't even have to teach this. I mean, they learn some of this through society and culture, but kids understand this concept. This is why when my kids were little, I have three kids, and uh, when they were little, we'd tuck them in bed, we'd pray, read a story, all that good stuff, and then I'd say goodnight, and then as I'd leave, what do you think they'd ask? Can you stay with me sometimes? Leave the light on, yeah, yeah, leave the light on. My daughter especially, I mean, I think she lived with the light on her, like, the first five years of her life. But um, why? Why would, why would she want that? You know, I didn't, I didn't sit down and teach my daughter, like, okay, when I turn this light off, you're going to feel fear and danger. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be afraid. Like, I didn't instill that in her. It's just something that she understood. When the lights goes out, there's a fear and there's an unknown and there's a darkness, all that. Right? So kids definitely understand this. And even when we're talking about it, we, there's some very different feelings that come up when we talk about uh, put yourself in this situation. Think about being alone, isolated in the woods at night. Middle of the night. What are the feelings that you're getting? Right? Same thing we just talked about. What, are, what feelings you get when you think about being like uh, alone, or not alone, being... being uh, on the warm, sunny beach, taking a nap, stretched out on your beach towel, relaxed and comforted, right? It's, it's complete opposite. So the point is, like, we understand this, we feel it, and, and light does something. Light always exposes things as they truly are. Um, it always exposes and makes things known, very clear. When you hear something at night, you're startled, you're, you wake up in the middle of the night, and you hear something, and you're... Like, there's an axe murderer outside coming to get me. <laughs> like, you're afraid, and you, first, first thing is, like, danger. But then what happens, you go downstairs, you flip on the light, and expose it, and what is it? It's something silly, like a, a squeaky hinge or gate that you left, right? So the light exposes things as they truly are. Um, and we're going we're gonna to dig into First uh, John 1, 5 through 10 now. Um, but I want to just kind of, you know, set the stage for, for what we're going to talk about, this light and darkness and, and this battle and contrast. So uh, go ahead and put that first passage up. And can I get somebody with the great reading voice to stand up and read this whole uh, paragraph for me? Nice and loud. Just not at the same time as everybody else. Okay, you don't have to stand.
Thank you. So this is, there's a lot in this, guys. So we're going to kind of walk through it and try to dig in a little bit. But I want to start with the first kind of bold statement. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. That's a very bold statement, right? So if we just talked about how God is all this stuff, he's light. So that means he's good, he's pure, he's holy, he's true. He can't be any of this other stuff, evil and uh, you know, have fear and anxiety and all the stuff that's associated with it. It's, 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 you know, black and white, right? He is this, he is not this. And he, uh, John makes it very, very clear to us that he is light. Um, and so if we, if we keep moving, it says if we claim, basically if we claim Christ, meaning to follow him and claim we're a Christian, but yet live and walk in the darkness, then something is very wrong. Something is off. And so when it's talking about living in the darkness and living in the light, I want to I definitely talk about, it's, it's not just like this idea of like we sin and we mess up, because we all do, right? But this living in the darkness is very different than, you know, a one-time lapse and you, and you mess up and you know you did, right? Living in the darkness is, is continuing to go down a dark path, knowing the decisions you are making are sinful and evil or, or corrupt or whatever, and you're, you're going down this path, turning your, path, your back on God. It's, it's kind of a like regular or, or habit. You know? You're continuing to go down this path. But to walk in the light is completely opposite. That's to live with Jesus, to follow Jesus, to try to obey Jesus and follow his commands. Right? And we're still, when, we, when we walk in the light, we still mess up. We still sin. We still screw up big time. But what's our... What's our heart? What's our reaction? Do we want to repent and go back to Jesus and be in his light and his, and his goodness? Or do we want to completely turn our back and, and go down this dark path? So there's definitely like this conflict, and we can deceive ourselves by saying that uh, we don't sin. We have it all together, right? We, we, we lie to ourselves. We lie to God. We deceive. And where, where does deception come from? Like Satan is called the great deceiver in Revelation, right? So we have, to, um, we have to be real. We have to come to face reality, face our sins. But we, we understand this conflict, right? Um, it's, it's in all of us to long for eternity. You guys agree with that? There's actually a verse in the Bible that says that God set eternity in the hearts of men. Meaning inside each and every one of us, even if you're... Don't, you know, claim to be a Christian. There's a longing for more. There's a longing for spirituality and, the, and, the, and the, to be in connection with our creator, one who made us. It's in every single one of us. And there's this desire for that. We want community and fellowship with God and our creator, which is what we talked about last week. And we all long for this, but there's another very real desire in us. There's a desire for, um, for darkness, for sin. We're, we're fleshly people. We see things and we're easily tempted and strayed, right? So there's this, there's this uh, battle that's going on inside of us, and the Bible talks a lot about it. Let's, let's jump into this next verse. This is, this is the verse from John, so the Gospel of John uh, 3.19. It says, this is the verdict. Let's pause right there. You guys know what a verdict is? What's a verdict? This, yes, this is the final decision. This is the decision, when you debate and you go back and forth, at some point, boom, here's the verdict. Here's what we decided. This is what God decided. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Jesus is the light. He came into the world, 
but yet our hearts are still dark and long for fleshly things and, and we're sinful, right? I really want us to walk away today knowing that we're sinners. We're all sinners. And as I was kind of thinking about this message and just ways to, to, to make this known, I think we all know it on some level, but think about this. You know, when kids are born, very young age, toddlers, what do they do? They hit. They bite. They steal each other's snacks. Take each other's toys. We don't teach them to do this. They naturally do this. We try to teach kids to be loving and kind and, and not take something that, uh, you know, the next kid has. We have, to, we have to instill this in them. But naturally, man, they're just going to give me that, you know, like selfish. And I remember uh, when my son, my youngest son, Eli, was born, um, we had, we, uh, our other two kids, we brought them to the hospital to do like the introduction to your little brother. And so my wife is on the hospital bed holding Eli. And then I have uh, Addie, my daughter, who's in the middle, precious little daughter. Um, so we're going to introduce them. And, in, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, she's going to give him a little kiss and hold the little baby brother. It's going to be so sweet. But guess what happens? I bring Addie over to the bed to meet Eli. Shelby's holding Eli. And Addie goes, whack. <laughs> Welcome to the world. She didn't say that, but, um, you know, she's, she's young, too. She's a toddler. But her first reaction is to just hit this, you know, beautiful little baby. And it was just like, wow, like, I don't, I don't hit my wife. She didn't learn it from me. Like, where did she get this? Why did this come out? And it was just a reminder that, like, it's in all of us, right? We have a sinful nature. It shows us that inside all of us is selfishness and sin. And, you know, we see it in little kids, and we see it in our own lives, too, big time. But Jesus calls us to be light. He calls us to be different. He calls us to be changed, um, to be like him, to obey, to listen, to follow Jesus, right? But, again, we're like, we're like, ignorant sheep that slowly stray off the path and find ourselves in the darkness, find us in, ourselves in danger. We're so quick to, to leave God and leave his goodness and his light and just, you know, veer off and find ourselves doing our own thing, and now we're in the darkness and we're alone and we're in danger and we're hurting, right? So God is always trying to bring us back into his light, into his family, and, um, you know, we, we've all done this. Um, I remember my life before... I was a Christian, and it was, it was dark. Some of the words I wrote down to describe my life before Christ was chaotic, hopeless, uh, dark, bitter, angry, destructive. That, that was me. That's what I knew. I didn't know God until I was 16 years old. So the first 16 years of my life, I mean, I, I look back, and I'm like, I was in a very dark place. Alcoholic home, like uh, just chaos, alcohol, and just... All kinds of craziness going on. Some of you guys know my story. But God intervened in my life, and he, he didn't allow me to stay in that darkness. He, he pulled me into his family where I experienced so much more, right, hope and joy and love. And I felt at one time I felt, like, hopeless, and I didn't, like, graduating middle school seemed like a stretch for me. Like, I knew the path I was on, and I knew where I was going. But God changed that, and he gave me you know, so much more. He gave me a hope and a future and a family and things I, 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 you know, always wanted. 
And he, he really, what God did was he exposed the darkness in my life. You know, I, I can blame my situation or blame my, my, my issues that I struggled with on how I was raised. That's an easy thing to do. Like, I was definitely in a, in a dark home in a hard place. But what I had to come to terms with was my own sin. I had to face my own sin. Because although I was in a very dark situation in a broken home, I was still the one making the decisions. I was making sinful decisions to steal, to um, party and live this wild lifestyle. So I had to come face to face with my sin. And like that verse said, I had to deal with it. I had to confess. I had to get right with God. Um, but it's a reminder that we're all, we're all wretched. We're all sinners. You know, the only good in us comes from God. And so he changes our hearts and allows us to become a new creation, which is a, a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, really, it's like, it's like we have to just face, face our sin and deal with it. Um, and John is telling us that. He, he says we can't claim Christ and say that we don't sin and that we have it all together. If we do that, like I said, we're, we're, we're deceiving ourselves. So we can't just go on saying, oh, it's not a big deal. I'm not that bad. It's like, no, face the reality. We are, we are all sinful. And once we can do that and, and face that, then we can go to God and confess, right? And we can deal with it and we can get back into this uh, relationship that we were created for, this connection with God the Father. But it's, it's our sin that separates us, guys. Like, it's our sin that keeps us from God. Um. You know, you can't, you can't hide anything from God. This is just always a good reminder. You know, you can hide things from your spouse. You can hide things from your best friend. You can hide things from your teacher. You can hide things from a lot of people. But you cannot hide things from God. He sees it all. He created us and he sees it all. And his light always exposes the truth, right? Exposes our sin. So why not, why not deal with it? Why not come to him and allow him to, to deal with us? So it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and for, will, forgive us, will forgive us of all our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins. This is a hard thing to talk about at church. You think we talk about it all the time, but we don't like talking about this. Uh, confession is a very, very hard thing. You guys agree with that? It's, it feels amazing when you actually do it. But it's one of the hardest things to, to do. Just think in, in your own relationships, right? When you're carrying something, uh, maybe it's sin or maybe it's just uh, bitterness or anger. You're carrying something. You cannot have a relationship with that person until it's dealt with, right? You have to, you have to deal with your issues. And so we have to confess. We have to, you know, come clean. And, and when we come clean before God and before other people... It's like this giant burden that we've been carrying around that's weighing us down finally allows us to move forward and have a relationship. If you lie in a marriage, you cannot have a healthy relationship. If there's any deception or um, dishonesty, you can't move forward with a relationship. Even, even some of you younger, younger guys or, or girls, if uh, just your best friend, have you ever been lied to by a friend and how bad that hurts? Right? You, have to, you have to confess and get right with each other in order to keep having this relationship. Um, but God is calling us to confess. He's calling us to come clean and come before him and not hide things. So let's keep moving on to the next uh, passage, First um, John 2, 1 through 2. Anybody want to read this one for me? 
Thanks. So, you know, we're moving on. And John, I love, like, his heart here. He says, my dear children. You know, this is like the father's heart coming across. You know, his heart is, I don't want you to sin. I don't want you to go down this dark path in this lifestyle and this sin. You know, that's like me talking to my own kids. I don't want them to go experience what I experience and live in the darkness, right? I want to keep them from that. But guess what? We're all going to sin. We're all going to make our own choices. We're all going to mess up. So he says, if, right, I write this to you so you that will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate, the Father, Jesus Christ. So what's an advocate? A mouthpiece, somebody who goes before you on, on your behalf? Yes, like an advocate is an amazing thing. You have somebody to defend and stand before you. You know, if you've ever been in a heavy argument or something and you're just getting smoked, you don't even know what to say, and then somebody steps in and, like, defends you, it's like an amazing feeling. You're like, oh, man, they got my back, right? They, they got me. And that's what John is saying. Like, you're going to sin, and Jesus has your back. He's going to go before you to the Father. And I love that it doesn't say he's going to go before you to God. He says, we have an advocate with the Father. So he's using words and language that is talking about a family, Right? If he were to just say God, like we could still understand it, but he says Father. So when we sin, we're still a part of God's family. Isn't that an amazing thing? We're not disowned. We're not kicked out because we mess up. God still loves us. He's a father, and he wants us to, to, to come back into that relationship with him. And then we have Jesus, the advocate, who's willing to go before us and basically like come alongside of us too and take us to the Father. It says he's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only ours, but the sins of the world, the whole world. We mess up, we can get right with God because of Jesus. This, this is basically, this is the gospel message, guys, you know? And John is writing this as a father who's, he's lived a life of ministry. He wants to impart knowledge to people that he loves. And so he's saying this, like, the father, you know, like, God loves us. We're a part of his family. And I don't want you to sin, but when you do, Jesus is there. And I, and I love that. That's the gospel, right? It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of, of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so if, you know, if we know that uh, we sin and we're messed up and we're wretched and we can face our sin and we know God is, is, is loving and pure and true and holy, then we can experience God by going through Jesus. That's, that's the gospel message, right? He laid his life down on the cross for us so that our broken relationship can be made whole again. We can, we, can, we can be with the Father who we long to be with in the first place, but it takes confession and repentance and turning back to God and, and, and going through Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And it's a hard message, but it's a beautiful message. It's the gospel. And, and God longs for us to, to not live in that darkness, that sinful world and that lifestyle that we once lived in. And it's, it's, it's not even that we only lived in this once, right? I told you how I grew up. Like before I knew Jesus, all I knew was darkness. But to be real with you guys, like I also knew Jesus at times and still went down this path. And I know you guys are with me too. 
I, I spent a season, I spent a whole semester in college of, of living in the darkness and going down this path which I knew was wrong. Praise God, he didn't let me get too far, and he pulled me back in. But what I want to remind us is that living in the darkness is not just like a one-time deal. Like we can choose tomorrow to live in the darkness. We can choose tomorrow to, to ignore God and be selfish and go our own ways. We can, we can choose to live for three months pursuing our own selfish gain and not Jesus and live in the darkness, right? It's, it's a continual thing that we have to battle, and we have to always go back to God, always go back to Jesus and confess and repent and restore that broken relationship, right? And what's so cool is that our relationship with God, the Father, the vertical relationship, impacts every other relationship in our life. There's a trickle-down effect. When we are right with God, and we're, we come clean, we confess, and we're living in the light, as he says. We're following, we're obeying. We have this good re- relationship going. Guess what that makes us better in our, in our life? Every area. Like, I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a better leader and just employee and all these other things because my relationship with my Heavenly Father is right. And so I want to encourage you guys today to, uh, you know, get right with the Father. Get right with God so that you can... Uh, flourish in all your other relationships. It's what we're talking about, fellowship, community, right? We can't be in good community with our brothers and sisters if we're out of community with, with God. There's definitely a trickle-down effect, and I want you guys to think about that uh, this week. Uh, so, yeah, we need constant reminders of, of God's goodness and our need to repent. I remember um, I had a friend at one time. He wanted to get a giant tattoo across his entire back that said, Wretched pretty bold statement there but it was like the idea was like this is i need a very big reminder that i'm sinful and i don't know if you ever got it i don't think you did but i just remember thinking wow like that would definitely remind me you know i'm sinful (laughs) huge tattoo across my back so i'm not saying you need to go that far but we need to be reminded that we we are sinful and we struggle we mess up but we also need to be reminded that God is good and loving. He wants us in his family. And there's no limit to his, his goodness, right? Like, we can keep coming back to the Father. That's, that's his heart. Um, but yet, you know, we struggle. We go back and forth. And I want to share, like, two more verses and kind of wrap this up. But uh, this next verse from Ephesians, this is probably my second favorite verse in the Bible because it's everything we're talking about. This is my life. Maybe this is your life too. But it says, For you were once in darkness, now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Man, that's such a beautiful, simple verse. You were once this, and now you're this. So don't go back to that lifestyle. Don't go back to that way you once lived. Live as a children of light, as a a child of God in his family. Why would we want to go back to our our sin and our our foolish ways? You know, why, why do we struggle with that? There's a really, another really good verse in the Bible that I'm going to gross you guys out for a second, but it's in the Bible. So um, have you guys ever seen a dog eat its own vomit? Yeah, it's disgusting. I just watched your faces make that disgusting stank face, right? That's the analogy in the Bible, and it's powerful. As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fools repeat their folly, or so a fools to their foolish ways, Right? Like, why would we want to go back to the way we once lived in darkness? And it's, there's nothing good for us there. Like, that feeling and that face you guys just made of disgust 
should be the same feeling we get when we think about going back to how we once lived. Right? And we should never want to go down that path and stray from God's goodness. So that's the challenge this week, guys. I want, I want to remind us uh, that we need to be real with God. We need to face our sin. You can't hide it. You can't avoid it. You can't push it on the rug and just move on. Like We have to deal with our sin, confess, get right. And once we can do that, then we can walk as, a, as children of God in his light. And so I really want to spend this next time worshiping. I want to spend this time just thinking about our sin and how, how that sin separates us from God and how we can be right with God if we, if, we, if we confess and we come to him and repent. And I think there's people even here today that need to deal with this. They've been carrying around... Uh, just issues and struggles, and they're trying to deal with it on their own, and they're, they're living, trying to live halfway in and halfway out, and God's calling us to live in the light. And so I think there's people that need to deal with it. Myself, I, I just need to always deal with my sin, you know? I can't just put it off. And so when we're, when we're worshiping, I encourage you guys to spend that time wrestling with God, do some business with God, and just know he's a loving father, and he's, he's just longing for you to come back into his family and relationship, and he wants to be near you. That's the, the, pro, the, the prodigal son story, right? Do you guys know that story? I wasn't going to recap it, but I guess I will real quick. Um, right? So there's, there's, a, there's a son that strays. He takes, you know, he leaves a loving father, and he gets his inheritance early, and he goes, and he lives it up, and he goes and squanders it on wild living, it says, which I don't even know what he was doing, but it was, it was not good. He was living a sinful lifestyle. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, probably. And he's, he's gone. He leaves his family. And, and the father is just waiting for him to come back. He's waiting day after day. He's looking out down the road for his son to come home. And this, this son has, has gone so far. And at some point, the son gets it. And he realizes he needs to come back to the father. And when he does, he doesn't, he's not... He doesn't return to the father uh, with guilt and shame and condemnation, right? Wasn't expecting this either. <laughs> uh, he returns to the father with love and acceptance, and, and the father throws him a feast and celebrates his son came home, right? And so that's, that's the message for us to hear, that God loves us. He wants the best for us. So, um, yeah, let's just... Let's just pray and do some business with God. Get right with him. If you're struggling, if you want prayer, come talk to me, Evan. Um, man, we want to help you. We don't want to see anybody living a life of darkness. All right? So let's pray, and then we'll worship. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you love us. You desire to be in a relationship with us. And I pray that if we're struggling, Lord, if we're veering off from your path and, and, and finding ourselves in the darkness, Lord, I pray you would just pull us back in. I pray we'll feel your presence so heavy and we'll have that desire to, to confess and come back to you and just be a part of your family, Lord. So I just want to pray for people in this room right now to just deal with 
whatever's going on in their life, whatever sin they're struggling with, whatever issues coming up, and I pray that they would just leave that at the cross and, and just come into fellowship with you, Lord. That's what you desire. It's what we're made and created for to be with you. So I pray that uh, today we can just restore that relationship, Lord, and we just thank you for who you are, how you love us, and how you constantly pursue us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.